1: All right, enough about the politics of COVID and the situation that we've been dealing with for 14, 15 months now. Let's get to some good times. Let's get to some good stuff that you can watch on the small screen here. It is our monthly segment with our movie guy. It's at the home box office with Steve Stebbing. Hey, Steve.
0: The purveyor of good times. I'm going to take that title.
1: I have heard that about you, Steve.
0: (laughs) Hopefully from the right people.
1: (laughs) Hey, even if it's from the wrong people, sometimes I think hearing that from the wrong people is even better. Come on.
0: (laughs) All press is good press, right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, exactly. All right, let's get to it because uh, we have a a big old list again today, and I know Mm -hmm. um, I've, I've heard of some of these, others I haven't. The ones that I haven't, I'm really excited to find out more about, but let's start with this one, our morning show guy. or who's now our midday guy was so jacked about Godzilla versus Kong (laughs) he could not stop talking about it take a listen. Godzilla's out there and he's hurting people and we don't know why. There's something provoking him that we're not seeing here. I'm of the same opinion. The myths are real. There was a war. And they're the last ones standing. Kong bows to no one. Mm. Two big old monsters going at it there, Steve. Um, have you watched it yet?
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I got to see it a few nights before because uh, the great people at Warner Brothers were like, "Hey, do you want to see it?" I'm like, "Well, yeah." uh and, and i mean even by listening to that trailer you know what audience is going for because that that music there is used for like wwe promos and stuff like yeah. that so they know who they're going for and i mean the monster stuff is awesome it's so cool to look at it. It's so vibrant and just leaps off the screen at you the human element terrible like so badly written and and but that's not what you're watching it for you're watching it to see those two colossal giants uh take each other on and it is some cool stuff there is a very cool reveal in the third act that i really really dug especially being like a toho uh godzilla guy um but yeah it's fun and, and that's all it's supposed to be
1: Okay yeah I think you know I think that sometimes we think too much about really? films especially if we you just wrap our heads around the fact that they could just be brain candy for a while just Absolutely. pure escapism right and and that's one of the great things about about films let's move on to the next one on the list um this caught this caught my eye and I actually I really want to see it it's called Shiva Baby no funny business with Maya.
0: Thank you. You think everyone that's by is experimenting? You have zero gaydar. Excuse me, kid.
1: I lived through New York in the 80s. My gaydar
0: is strong as a bull. You can't just, like, show up to, like, the after party for a Shiva right. and, like, reap the benefits of the buffet. Yes. She lost so much weight. Yeah. You think she has an eating disorder? It's your major again. Sweetheart, yeah. feminism isn't exactly what I call a career. It's not no? my career, it's a lens. <laughs>
1: All right, you at first shelved this one and and then took it out a little bit later. Tell us about it.
0: Yeah, I I really enjoyed this one. Uh, Basically, it's about a uh, 20-something Jewish girl who uh, is attending a uh, a Jewish funeral with her her parents and a lot of her extended family are there. Also, her sugar daddy is there along with uh, his wife and their uh, newborn child. Uh, So this is a comedy that operates purely out of tension out of, uh, you know, who's going to let the secret slip, who's going to say too much, and the the music score just drives the tension. I've never seen uh, a comedy uh, act with so much nervousness so well and still manage to keep the comedy going, uh, and I, I mean, this movie is thoroughly great, it doesn't have any actors that you would really know in it, but... Okay. Um, What uh, what a film! Just like just kind of rise out of nowhere.
1: Now this next one really taken from the headlines and maybe the tabloid headlines um, at at that. But I remember reading about it when it when it happened not too long ago. The the film is called no ordinary man take a listen
0: how would i summarize the story of billy tipton he was a transmasculine jazz musician when
1: i encountered billy tipton that was the first time i encountered transmasculinity those of us in this generation we are in a much different place than billy tipton we are public in a way that so many trans people before us haven't been able to be
0: people's survival through history was based on invisibility it's scary when centuries of your survival have been based on not being seen
1: so you saw this at the vancouver international film festival Mm -hmm. thought it was a a great documentary then and it gives gives me goosebumps because i've read some more about billy tipton um since it kind of made the headlines but boy what a Mm -hmm. story
0: Absolutely, yeah. And it's a documentary about a a legendary jazz musician who played with some of the greats, uh, who uh, only when he had a heart attack and died was found out that he was actually a woman uh, living as a man. And the way that they they attack this uh, documentary is basically they have an open casting call for people to play Billy Tipton. So trans actors come in, kind of do an audition, and then basically talk about their experience uh, of being uh, of being trans and and how that mirrors against uh billy tipton's in a time that it definitely wasn't accepted at all so it's yeah. it's a fascinating uh documentary about the trans community and where they've come from and where they are now
1: okay i can't wait to see that one it's at the home box office with steve stubbing this afternoon next up on the list well it uh, it cleaned up the big ones at the oscars last sunday it's Land.
0: You are one of those lucky people
1: that can travel anywhere. Yes, ma'am. I and they sometimes call you nomads. My mom says that you're homeless. Is that true? No, I'm not homeless. I'm just houseless. Not the same thing, right? No. My husband worked at the USG mine in Empire. I was a substitute teacher. It is a tough time right now. You may want to consider early retirement. I need work. I like work. The amazing Francis McDormand, uh, just, uh, you know, the lead actor in, in Nomad Land. It won, uh, you know, three, I think, of the big, big awards at the Oscars, mm-hmm. including. Best Picture, um, yes. if I remember correctly. And um, I, what, I, what I, I can't wait to see about this is that it, u- it uses, like, real nomads in this film.
0: Yes. Yeah. It, it, it basically looks into uh, a rising microcosm uh, in North America of uh, pe- uh, people that have basically can't afford to uh, you know uh, live in the house uh, live in any kind of city and basically they're forced to go on the road doing odd jobs here and there uh to make ends meet and uh chloe Zhao has this incredible ability to put the microscope on on very uh very interesting very integral parts uh, of the American landscape. She's already done it with her film uh, The Rider before this one yeah. and uh, just proving that she's one of the most important voices in uh, downtrodden Americans at, at this point. And, uh, I mean, Tessa McDormand won her third Academy Award for this movie. <laughs> so. amazing. Oh, she's absolutely incredible. And I also, should be noted that uh, Chloé Zhao also won an uh, Oscar for Best Editing, uh, which is very uh, usually that directors don't edit their own films. It, it's kind of a rare thing. So for her to win both those categories is just insane.
1: Tell me about this uh, this um, this film from Serbia that, mm. that I, I don't have any audio from it, yeah. but you said this one was just so incredibly
0: powerful for you, and it was Oscar-nominated as well. Yeah, that's right, uh, Covetis Ada, and uh, it's just a really fascinating film uh, about a woman that's uh, acting as the liaison uh uh, during uh, for the u uh, n during the uh, Bosnian and Serbian uh, conflict, i okay. um, basically dealing with all the uh, all, all the the uh, refugees and everything that are just surging on this. Uh this uh, encampment that the UN have set up for themselves, but she's also trying to use it to uh, get safe pass- passage for her own family as well, and uh, just an incredible performances. And I feel like this conflict isn't something that really gets a lot of spotlight when it comes to television and movies, so it was interesting to watch the film and then basically kind of look into it uh, afterwards, because uh, I, I think they sh- they should talk about this more, because I feel like we've done uh, world War II and, and Vietnam and all these other conflicts of, uh, a lot and, and there's, there's so many stories to be told internationally
1: Oh absolutely I would agree with you 100% uh, on on that one so from that to one of the most anticipated movies or at least for Steve of this <laughs> year and it is Mortal Kombat Throughout history
0: different cultures all over the world a great tournament of champions. A dragon marking. I think it's an invitation to fight for something known
1: as Mortal Kombat. All right. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I, I don't have a clue about any of, of <laughs> this business, Steve. So tell
0: us all about it. Ba- basically, when this screening started, uh, when Warner Brothers sent it to me, I screened moral that because I was waiting for this movie <laughs> to hit. I was. I, I'm such a nerd for it. I, I mean, uh, me and my friends, when the original movie came out in '94, '95, we saw the movie like back to back for. Like all uh, every day that weekend, uh, so I probably saw it six times that week, uh, and I, I mean it's vapid. It's it's so vapid. I'm I'm not, not going to say there's any smart <laughs> to this movie whatsoever because there's not. But they finally did it right. They did it an R-rated one. There's so much yeah. fat- so many fatalities, so much blood and guts. Uh, all of the favorite characters are there. There's so many nods to the video game. Like this was made purely for the people that have grown up with Mortal Kombat, loved everything about it, and finally we're 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 getting our palms greased with something good, and I want more now.
1: <laughs> all right, we have a few more minutes with Steve Stebbing as we take a look at the home box office. So let's move into uh, TV series binging that sort of stuff and I know Steve loves horror stuff. I know he does and I I uh, it terrifies me. So I think he always gets kind of thrilled when I put some, put a horror story or something in there so we can talk about it. You were excited about this one. This this creep show season 2 Steve
0: today's guest has brought us something quite special like horror. People like being scared. You have to try it. Ah! Ah! What the hell is that? Let's look inside. It's just
1: scared. It should be. Don't do it. Don't look inside. What have you not learned through all of this, <laughs> Steve? My goodness.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I grew up on anthology horror, so I grew up on Creepshow, which was one of the first uh, to hit. It was it was Stephen King and Greg, uh, uh, sorry, uh, uh, George Romero back then. Uh, but now it has been revived for Shudder by Greg Nicotero, who is one of the showrunners on uh, Walking Dead, as, mo- as well as one of the great gore masters of all time. Uh, And he's done some really cool episodes, uh, produced some really cool stuff. Uh, Joe Lynch does some directing on this one. And it features one of the queens of horror, uh, Barbara Crampton, for reanimator in this season. There's just so much good stuff. And uh, honestly, if you're a horror person, you don't have a shutter, you're already uh, behind the eight ball here. (laughs)
1: all right um we're i want to get to a couple more um a movie or 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 shows here so i'm not going to play any more clips because we're going to run out of time but this one i mean as soon as i see kevin bacon i'm like hello i'm in because i'm back in footloose you know in 1984 or 5 whenever that was city on a hill season two um you you, kevin bacon i mean first off he doesn't age but you say Uh that he's completely fascinating in this
0: yeah, he really is, because this comes from the guys uh, that uh, did Homicide uh, Life on the Street. Uh, but basically, uh, you've got uh, Aldis Hodge in this one, who's kind of like the new flashy SSNBA that's trying to get stuff done in this town. And then you have Kevin Bacon, who is like the long standing uh, detective, uh, who's definitely a dirtbag. Definitely is outspoken and has his really crappy opinions, but is also trying to maybe make a little difference in the end of his career and maybe trying to turn the to turn the trajectory around of what everything looks like. Uh, I love the way this show is written. It is a lot of tough guy bravado in it, but I think it works really well. And I mean, Bacon's rocking a handlebar mustache in this, like nobody's business.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, it takes a, a special one to do that. All <laughs> right, let's jump. Ju- let's jump forward to uh, Wall Street, which is on Grave, yeah. and it's Wall with W A H L, as in you know, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Uh, really <laughs> kind of taking, a, <laughs> I guess, again, that's 90s, taking a bit of a deep dive into to his rise to fame.
0: Yeah, well, not even it was mostly his his. Uh, Um, his business holdings and stuff, uh, Mm -hmm. because, I mean, besides being an actor and a producer and everything, he has many different ventures outside of that. So it's kind of showing him uh, kind of holding all that together. And the show starts right before the pandemic hits, Mm -hmm. just before, uh, you know, with all that stuff, that uncertainty looming and stuff. And I think it's just fascinating to see a guy that basically did two, like two or three uh, you know bit parts and then did fear in like mid 90s and then all of a sudden boom was like a top line star so the, the guy obviously makes great moves so it's just interesting to see that on the ground level.
1: Interesting stuff. Steve, uh, thanks for our monthly check-in. Sure. Again, anyone who <laughs> wants it can text me your email, and I'll send you the full list at, uh, yeah, you can just text me at 780-496-0063 or, or email me at jaylin630 at 630chad.com. Steve, uh, some great viewing ahead here. Yep. Thanks for this. We'll talk to you next month. Thanks, Jay. Yeah, you betcha, Steve Stebbing. You can follow him at the Steevil Dead on Twitter, and uh, you can always check out check out check out what he's watching, what he's recommending at Steve Stebbing That's his web page where he checks into all the things going on, film, culture, that sort of thing. What are you watching right now? What's really hot for you? Um, we got back into in uh, Nightwatch New Orleans. It had been on a few years back, and then they took a hiatus and they came back on uh mainly we watch it because as you know we love uh new orleans so um we just like seeing the the sights and sounds but an ncis new orleans is coming to an end but haven't gotten into any great series any great netflix stuff lately